0: Personally, I can understand what it's like to get communication turned a little sideways. After college, I spent a year in Northern Ireland doing uh, childcare work at a family support center. And living in Belfast, I discovered that they speak a different version of English than we speak here. So within the first week, I'm hanging out with some friends that I'd made, and, and one of the guys that I'm sitting next to, he turns to me and he says, that was great crack last night. What? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so my mind w- went where your mind went. What? Good crack? Like, I always learned that crack was bad. Bad crack. Bad. Well, I later found out that crack is not what I was thinking, not what you are thinking. Crack means this. Crack is fun and entertainment. Especially good conversation and company. Oh, good crack. I get it. Turns out the the phrase good crack originally came from a cracking good time. So it makes a little more sense to me now. I didn't get that in the moment, though. Another story, another example. Same place, Northern Ireland, working in Belfast. One of the moms that we worked with, she had on these pants that were really sparkly. They looked like this. They had like sequins on them. And let me just start off by saying, I lack a filter at times. Sometimes words just come, and I don't mean for them to come. And so here's what I said. I'm walking behind her, and I said, wow, your pants are so sparkly. And the look on her face told me something that I said there was not okay. Not okay. I learned later on that pants over there is not the same thing as pants over here. Pants in Northern Ireland means, are you ready for this? Underpants. Panties. So imagine this. I'm walking behind this woman, and I say, your panties are so sparkly. (laughs) Oh, no. I knew I had done something wrong based on her face but I didn't know what it was. Thank goodness she knew I was an American, she knew I had an accent, so like it made sense to her why I said something like that. But the communication factor wasn't there. Of course, I I quickly apologized after I figured it out and everything was okay. The point is, communication, it can be difficult, but good communication matters. It matters. I knew the language over there. I knew what they were saying, for the most part. But I wasn't able to communicate back in a helpful and effective way. We've all experienced poor communication. Likely, we've all experienced poor, poor, poor communication at some point in our lives. But consider this. Have you ever experienced excellent communication? Have you ever experienced that type of communication where you know what's going on and they know what's going on? There's no misunderstandings, progress is made, things get done. Have you ever experienced that? It's wonderful. It's really great. I found this online. The world knows this. The workplace sees this, that communication is great. At CareerAddict.com, effective communication in the workplace produces uh, better team building, it boosts growth, increases innovation, improves productivity, it increases efficiency increases loyalty, and resolves problems. That's good crack, you guys. Like, we need that. I want that in my life. Now, can I shift gears here for a second? This communication thing will absolutely affect our spiritual lives. Absolutely. When God speaks... I want to be absolutely sure. I want to know that I'm hearing him correctly. I want to know what he's saying to me. Imagine if Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John had settled for a bad lip reading of, the, of what Jesus said. We would have a very different gospel in front of us today. Very different gospel. Fortunately, they heard Jesus clearly. Now let me get serious. Communication problems between a parent and a child can be pretty annoying. Selective hearing between spouses can offer up some issues. When you don't open up enough with a friend, it can create some trust issues there. But, but, a lack of communication with God can create a mess of a life. It can be a problem. We need this. If strong communication between spouses is the top factor to a healthy marriage, like so many researchers point out, then hearing God clearly, strong communication with God, is equally, if not way more, important to a healthy and thriving spiritual life. So hold that thought. We've been in a series called Missing Pieces, Rediscovering the Essentials of Genuine Faith. And and it seems as though, for many spiritual lives... The missing piece is God's voice. Of every voice you've ever heard, your mom's voice, dad's voice, friend's voice, the voice of your spouse, the voice on the internet, of every voice, all those those voices out there, no voice brings more peace, encouragement, wisdom, guidance, understanding, hope, All those great things, no voice brings more of that than God's voice. From the very beginning, God was speaking. We see this in in Scripture right at the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 3, and God said, he said, let there be light, and there was light. He created something out of nothing with his voice. He spoke it. He's speaking. Many of you know about Moses. In Exodus, Moses was called. God called to him from within the bush Moses, Moses. And his voice, God's voice, calling Moses, it brought about incredible things. It brought about the freedom that millions of slaves needed. Even in the New Testament, We see this. We see God speaking. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, God is still speaking. The text goes on there and clarifies a call on someone's life. You guys, this is God's desire. It's God's desire to speak with us. He longs to be in conversation with us. Psalm 25 Verse 14, it says this, the Lord confides in those who fear him. So I looked up that word confides in the original Hebrew, and the definition, it says, counsel, taken by those in familiar conversation. Familiar conversation. So I threw that back up into the text. The Lord is in familiar conversation with those who fear him. Wouldn't that be neat? Wouldn't that be so cool to be familiar with God's voice? To get personal with him? God is a personal God. He wants to do this with us. And our text today, it explores an account of a boy beginning to hear God's voice, beginning to learn what that process looks like. So again, if you brought your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be in verse 1. To set the scene, Samuel was a young boy he was probably 11 or 12 at the time of this account. And he's, he's been working in the tabernacle, serving the Lord his whole life, pretty much his entire life since he was a small child, serving underneath a prophet. His name is Eli. And so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, here's what happened. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Bump ahead to verse 4. The Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, do you see what's happening here? He's hearing God's voice, but he's not connecting the dots there. He he doesn't understand quite what's going on. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel The talk today is titled, Missed Communication, Listening for the Voice of God. Now, I want you to take a moment, just pause for a moment, and assess yourself. Where are you in this whole hearing God thing? Some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I think I hear God pretty clearly most of the time. Others of you, you might be thinking, never once in my life have I heard God's voice, have I heard him speak to me. The hope is that today, this talk will help you bump up a notch, help all of us bump up at least a notch in this area. So before we start writing anything down, let me pray. So God, we just thank you, first of all. We thank you that you are a God who likes to speak to us, who wants to speak to us. You're a God who speaks. And so we pray, God, would you open our ears? Would you turn our hearts to you? Help us to hear you speak to us. Hear your voice and know what you're saying and doing. Teach us something new today in Jesus' name. Amen. So first fill in for you. We can hear God if we learn his language. You can write that down. Learn his language. Jesus, he flat out says this in John chapter 10. It says his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He flat out says His followers will know him because they know his voice. In our Samuel text, I noticed something odd. I'd never seen this before when I read this passage. It it said that, you know, remember, Samuel had spent like his whole life, he literally grew up in the tabernacle, this place where God's presence resides. He grew up there. His entire life was dedicated to, to serving the Lord. Surely, surely he knows God, right? Surely he knows God's voice. But look at verses 1 and 7. Verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. But 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Huh? The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I would submit to you that Samuel knew About God, but he didn't necessarily know God. And there's a big difference there. Let me give you an example. I don't know that it's a perfect example, but like, I know about childbirth. I know about childbirth, but I, I don't know. You moms out there, you can say, I don't know childbirth. I don't know, I've never experienced that. Never. Again, that might not be a perfect example. But it's kind of like that with God. We can know about God like Samuel did at first. We can know about the things that he's done or we can know, experience, encounter God. See, the voice of God in those days was rare. We see that in verse 1. The voice was rare. Samuel knew about the things that God had done before. He knew about what God had said before, but he had not yet encountered the living God for himself. Back in Vineyard Kids, children's ministry, we try to teach the kids, our hope is that they learn the foundational truths of the Bible and who God is. Because if they don't understand those foundational truths of who God is, what he does, what he says, if if they don't know those things first, the rest of what God says and does will sound like advanced calculus. Like it's not going to connect. It's not going to make sense to them. We don't jump straight in with the preschoolers and say, you have been washed in the blood of Christ and now you are his bride. No, we don't do that. That wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't connect with them. They don't know that. That's language they don't understand. First, first, we teach them to speak his language. So we teach them, God made me, God loves me. We all have sin in our lives, but Jesus wants to be my friend forever. And from those foundational truths, God speaks to them. When we teach the kids to hear God's voice, we often start with having them ask a question. One question for God. God, do you love me? God, do you love me? And they sit there usually and they, they squint in their eyes and they think, trying to hear God's voice. And, and most of the time they respond with, I heard yes. Of course. Sure. And then we take it a step further. And we ask them, all right, ask another question. Ask this. God What do you want me to know? Now, just know that these types of questions aren't just for kids. These are questions that we can be asking too. this This is practice for us as well. God, what do you want me to know? So this is where it gets fun. From the place of knowing God's language of love, God speaks to them in amazing, incredible ways. They hear God speak. A couple years ago, a mom of one of the kids Um, He was a fourth grader at the time, I believe, and she posted on Facebook about what her son had heard when we did this exercise, when we asked this question, and it's still one of my favorite stories. I love this. So here's what she said. Andrew had them pray to God and ask, God, what do you want me to know? He was to write the answer down on a note card. After he explained this to me, he handed me the card, and it read this that dad is trying to be a better person for you. She goes on to say, this was a turning point in my marriage. It's been a year since he gave this to me. This has been the best year we have ever had, and we've been married for six years. This is what happens when we hear God's voice. This is what happens. These kids are encountering God not because of some uh, incredible depth of knowledge, but because they know the foundational truths of who God is, how he speaks, and from that place, they're able to hear what he's saying. They're learning the foundational truths. So what does this mean for us? Let's bring it into the room. What does it mean for us? I'll give you a hint. You can write this down. Hearing God's voice is connected to knowing God's word. We don't have to wait around for God to speak to us. We don't have to wait for that. We can go directly to the source. It's right here. It's in these pages. This is God's voice on paper. This is God's voice. So do we know it? Do we know it? When we have this in us, when we get this in us, we don't have to question if it's God speaking to us because we know this is God's word. We already know it. This is his language. We don't have to question it anymore. Now, I I might be a pastor, but that does not mean that knowing what God is speaking, knowing what he's doing, always comes easy to me. It's been a process over the last few years to to learn what he's trying to say, what he's speaking to me. It takes some effort and time to learn the ways that he speaks. There's different ways that he likes to speak with us. So here's just a list. If you want to, you can take a picture of this and then go home and later on look up these scriptures and see how God is speaking in these uh, accounts. But the first one, we already talked about this, God speaks through his written word. We also see in Daniel, two, God is speaking to Daniel through dreams. In Psalm 19, David, we, we see that David is hearing God through nature. Have you ever seen a sunrise? David wrote in Psalm 19, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Another way God speaks is through visions. John saw a vision in Revelation. There are promptings of the Holy Spirit. In Luke, Simeon received a prompting. Jesus heard the audible voice of God when he got baptized. Samuel heard that too in our account, our story today. Samuel heard the audible voice of God. Samuel, Samuel. But not only that, Samuel also heard God's voice through other people. It was through Eli, Eli helped point him in the right direction. So when I started pressing into that list, getting into God's word and, and understanding that God speaks in a variety of ways in Scripture, I started to, to, to discover that God likes to speak. God has a lot to say. So to wrap up this first point, we can hear God if we learn his language Second one, you can write this in. We can hear God if we keep on trying. Keep on trying. Do you ever put yourself into the text? Like insert yourself into the scripture and and imagine what it's like to be Samuel or to be the person who you're reading about. I did this with Samuel. It's an incredible tool, helpful tool to do this. I noticed that God called out to Samuel four times. Look at this. If I'm Samuel, all right, here it is. Then the Lord called Samuel. Again, the Lord called Samuel. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And at this point, if I'm Samuel, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm staying there. I'm just, okay, I'm tired. Failed three times or I was confused. What's going on? I'm pretty sure Eli's just messing with me over there. And if I had stayed in bed... If I didn't keep trying, I would have missed God. I would have missed his voice. But Samuel was better. Samuel got up again when the Lord called. He got up again. And it did an amazing thing. I would have missed God. Samuel was better. He connected because Eli pointed him in the right direction. Now, side note. Side note, we all need a person like Eli in our lives. We all need a person who we have given permission to speak into our lives. A spiritual mentor, a spiritual father or mother. We need those people. I have a spiritual mentor. A few years ago, I, I prayed and said, God, I need this person who can, who can help me. And so I, I, I prayed and I then went and asked someone, and he said yes. And it's been so helpful, you guys, so helpful. I go to him with questions when I get off track, and I get confused, and I'm not sure what to do about a situation, or how to handle this or that. And he frequently helps me navigate through that and points me to what God is doing in that situation. We all need a person like that. And let me just add, I was talking to Pastor Mark on Friday, He has a spiritual mentor. You are not too old to have a spiritual mentor. Okay, that's not what I meant. You understand. You're not too old. Whoops. You're not too old to have a spiritual mentor. We need those people in your lives. So, who is your person? Pray for them and then go ask. If we want to hear from God, we have to be persistent. We have to be persistent. We have to be willing, like Samuel, to go back again and say, God, is that you? What are you saying here? He missed it three times. Samuel missed it three times before he finally figured out what was going on. But his his persistence and his effort was worth it. If If we look ahead at what Samuel did in his life, look at this. Samuel's accomplishments. He later on went... And became a prophet. God called him to be a prophet for the nation of Israel. He also became a judge who restored right, proper worship in Israel. He also anointed kings. One of them being King David, which that's a big deal. He is even mentioned multiple times throughout scripture. Multiple times, even in the New Testament. And it all started that night. In the tent, when he got up again, if he had not kept trying, Samuel may never have anointed kings, he never would have become a prophet, but because he kept trying, great things happened. You can write this down. Samuel's willingness to try again opened the door to his great life. So let's get practical now. Let's get practical. I don't want to just tell you, hey, keep trying. Good luck. No, I want to, like, here's some real life tips. Number one, make some space. Make some space. God spoke to Samuel in the night when all the noises, all the distractions of the day were gone. You guys, we have hundreds and hundreds of voices clogging up our heads, our mental space every day, all over the place. Maybe it's time to put the phone in another room. Think about your whole day, your whole week. Does God have room to get a word in? So make some space. Number two, ask some questions. We have permission. To ask God questions. Jeremiah chapter 33, it says, call to me, this is God speaking, call to me and I will answer you. Call to me, ask me a question, and I'll answer you. He wants us to talk to him. Samuel did this, he asked a question, and God answered. That's what he does. We dialogue, question, answer. But we only get an answer if we Take the time to do number three. Listen. We have to listen. Isaiah 55, it says, Incline your ear and come to me. Herein your soul shall live. Incline your ear. In the Bible, God's voice is at one point described as a still, small voice, a whisper. So what do you do with a whisper? You lean in. Incline your ear. We have to listen closely. The power of asking questions is only fruitful if you pause to listen to his response. You guys, we can, we can ask God about his will for our lives. We can ask God for wisdom. We can ask God about himself. No question is too hard for God. No question is too complicated or, or scary for God. He can handle our questions we just need to be willing to listen to his response. To receive what he's saying to us. So I have one last question for you to consider. Think about this. What can I do this week to hear God's voice? What do you think? What's one thing this week that I can do? So to wrap up, we can hear God... If we learn his language, and if we keep on trying, why don't you go ahead and stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer.